This is the Wizard's Nightshirt Podcast, Episode 4. Welcome to the Wizard's Nightshirt. This is episode number four. I'm Scott, and I'm here with Rebecca. Hi. And Will. Hello. At the Wizard's Nightshirt, we're visiting He-Man, the Master of the Universe, and She-Ra, Princess of Power. Today, we are reviewing He-Man, season one, episode two, The Shaping Staff. Rebecca, will you get us started? All right. Well, we open on a very contemplative close-up of, of He-Man's face, and he's just beaming, he's just smiling beatifically at the sky while he undergoes what we soon learn is a training exercise. He manhandles, what did he, there was an octopus and a flying robot. Yeah, he's got like a, like some sort of like flying killbot with little uh, helicopter blades, and he's ripping some really fantastic looking tentacle beast out of the ground and i'm not really sure if 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 man at arms designed this program he had to find a real tentacle beast that's not a machine like they are they are abusing tentacle animals yeah and you you don't very you don't see many tentacle animals on land (laughs) it's just coming out of the ground it was a mud octopus yeah it's like like a yeah i I was very pleased with that he flung it about 47 miles out into the wasteland. It was a pretty good ways. He yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I would say it was longer than that. I mean, it, he like tossed it and went for, uh, way over there. Yeah, it's, it's like another city yeah. length. I think hey, you can about. imagine. You imagine the people in that city just get hit with that thing <laughs> and be like, "What was that?" Yeah, yeah like at that velocity too, it's gonna pelt them pretty hard. Like they've got like like tentacle marks. That's so sad, actually. Be like, "He man's training again." Oh no, we better watch out. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, just before we get too far into this, I'd just like to note that this episode was written by Paul Dini, um, who is a, a familiar name in the geek community um, because he has done tons and tons of work for you know Warner Brothers and uh, DC Comics, and then apparently now Marvel. And I'm I'm not really up on it as much as I should be, but um, he has done you know uh, Batman the animated series, um, and then Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. And he you know. He's really a big name writer. There's really, uh, you know, it's hard not to make that sort of effect what you think the episode's going to be like, because like automatically, you know, like, well, this, you know, this one's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, he's one of the few people whose name I think you would know in animation because of what, uh, you know, landmark series, Batman, the animated series was, you know, that, that was, um, uh, Sort of, sort of his 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 baby. Um, and it's, it's kind of weird because uh, sometimes you get you get known for something and you don't do as well later on. Like I know a lot of people pick on J. Michael Straczynski for not aging as well, but he did those great Ghostbuster scripts and he did Babylon Five and stuff. But his his comic book stuff isn't doing as much lately. But Paul Dini's still writing really strong and all the Harley. Uh, he, oh yeah, he created Harley Quinn. You know, and then obviously she's a huge deal now. So it's kind of interesting to see his early He-Man scripts. Yeah, I really do feel that overall this episode was a lot winkier, you know, maybe than we saw in the uh, in the first one. Mm-hmm. 
Although, you know, I, I just really think that the, the nature of He-Man is so hilarious because the animation plays it straight even when the voice acting is being funny. And so there's really just so much subtle hilarity if you, if you watch it, you know, uh, with an eye for it. Speaking of, why did He-Man not ride back to the palace with Man-at-Arms again? I was curious about why Man-at-Arms just sort of peeled off and then He-Man said something about Prince Adam's going to be late for dinner. Yeah, well, because he, I mean, he, he can't go back with him. He can't be like, hey, He-Man's here, and then where'd He-Man go? Like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he could have transformed. I mean, he, I mean, he just, he, he, go, he uses the back door or something, you know, so he can go in and then go back and change into <laughs> Prince Adam. I guess so, but why couldn't he just sort of change out uh, in, the, in the attack track? <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe attack. Maybe he has to keep secret from attack track. Yeah, maybe because attack track will tell somebody. Yeah, yeah, he's a it. loud mouth. He's like, Tila, <laughs> did you know that Prince Adam is really He Man? Ha ha ha! Shall yeah, I murder exactly. him? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so now we flash forward to dinner at the castle and then okay here we go first of all we got to clarify some points that we have made before because there is some new lore that is right here before our eyes yeah there's a little bit to unpack here okay so before we assumed castle grayskull was the castle that they all hang out in all the time but actually it's called palace eternia and that is the castle where the king and queen and prince adam hang out yeah, that was really interesting because we get that uh, quick shot of the of the cityscape with the little uh, crystal plinths and the little dome-looking part. That was that was totally news to me too. I thought they lived in that little bog land uh, in, in Castle Grayskull too. That was that was to- totally new. We can't be too confused for thinking that because all we saw in the first episode were like like gray sludgy hellscapes. Yeah. So you know we're we're learning as we go. And then also, uh, Will, speaking of things that you did not know or get right in the first episode, uh-huh. I think the first time you kept calling the king, you kept referring to him as King Ragnar. But his name, according to the captions, his name is King Randor. Equally dumb. Which is easy to remember, though, because it's like, he's a rando. Like, we don't care. Yeah. Like, you know, just some Randor. Well, I thought about this, and I, I believe that the... Uh, the main character in that show, Vikings, is named Ragnar. I believe that's that's probably what I was yeah, thinking about. Yeah, Ragnar Lothbrok. Yeah, that's yeah. probably what I was thinking about. Yeah. That's too good a name for him. Ran- I can remember Randor. Well, I'll, I'll, I can deal with that. Okay, Randor, because he's a rando. Uh-huh. And then, as we're, let's remind our, our, ourselves also, Castle Mommy, her name is Queen Marlena. Okay, right. so that's the king and the queen, all right? So now we are in Palace Eternia, and it's dinner time, and Orko is entertaining the crowd with his magic tricks, as one does. Um, yeah, and dinner is serious business at uh, at. Palace Eternia because they're very concerned about Adam not being there. They had an appointment and they all need to be there for dinner. You can't you can't have other plans and they also have lots of empty seats. I well, go ahead. Oh yeah, I mean he, I mean Orgo's got to put on a show and he has a time he has a time set. You know, so it's like oh, yeah. so like you know I you know you don't want to be late to that. Yeah, it's like. It's like it's like you're going to watch it. You know, uh, what you you eat and you watch. The, oh, like a dinner the, theater. Yeah, dinner theater. There mm-hmm. you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the, and Orko's good enough for dinner theater. They have very high expectations about what what were they wanting Orko to do that he wasn't doing? 
Well, I mean, I, I mean, Man at Arms is being, you know, his usual self and making fun <laughs> of him, and then Orko is, you know, of course, messes up because he has so little confidence because Man at Arms just keeps making fun <laughs> of him. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, I felt like Man at Arms. I feel like he was just. He's just been waiting on Prince Adam, and he's been drinking the entire time, and he is mad, and he's probably like, in the Coast Guard, we'd shoot at the jester's feet if they weren't giving us the kind of jokes we want. Open that, open up that trap door so he just falls <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's not supposed to happen. It'd really be amazing if he ever learns how to work that silly wand. <laughs> Father. I heard that. Name. And then, uh, didn't, um... Queen Marlena, did she, she said something about about us Earthlings. Did you catch that? She did. Re, she did use the word Earthlings. I think I I can't tell you where I have sourced this. I don't know if it was in one of the other He Man Uh-oh. series or comic book. So we'll just pack this away. But I believe that her origin is that she's not from Eternia. I believe she was a human astronaut that got stuck on that planet and ended up marrying the king. And I think that's too crazy for me to have made up. I, I will say that that doesn't sound like canon, but then again, <laughs> who knows? Okay, so she's an astronaut as far as okay. I'm concerned. Well, you know, that's fine. We can just, that can be, you know, what we think is happening here. Okay. Um, a a couple happening. more notes here about the dinner. So, yes, she's an astronaut, correct. Um, she's an astronaut. <laughs> old astronaut, flyy Marlena. Yeah. Um, old space butt. <laughs> <laughs> I think Adam inherited from me what we Earthlings call a sense of humor. Well, he'll need more than that if he wants to rule someday. Okay, so um, a, a couple of other notes about dinner. First of all, we also have figured out that Tila is Man at Arms' daughter. Right. Because she calls him father. Right. Helpful to know. <laughs> okay, because we did not know, you know, previously. And he, I mean, he was telling his dad jokes about Orko, and he was like, you know, hitting her up for a, for a laugh or something. You know, it's it's, yeah, it's pretty funny. Laugh, daughter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I did really enjoy how unimpressed everyone looked and sounded. That was just that was excellent. Did 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 we get to the part yet where uh, He Man comes in hauling ass <laughs> and, and runs in, right. into the coat hanger? <laughs> or the, yeah, it's good. Coat hanger, right? Oh, the, the, the coat rack. Coat there. rack. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he's a buffoon. Oh, and then another thing, another thing that I did enjoy um, when they get creative on the captions on Netflix. Um, when the dinner starts, we get a bracketed description of light regal music. That that's what play that's what plays during dinner, and so you, know, you can't digest food to heavy regal music. Which I guess would be like Christopher Lee, you know, singing some like, you know, thunderous ode to your kingdom. You pretty much have to have lute music if you're the king, I think. I think it's, it's, like, I think it's mostly, mostly lute. You don't really have a lot of brass <laughs> instruments because you, you, you don't have any keys on the horns or anything. I think it's a real... No, it's just giant horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, just, you, you would have it. Yeah, so it just blows like once. <laughs> it's supposed to designate the beginning and ending of music, which is the way you're supposed to enjoy music. Yeah. It's like I need to know when it's starting and I need to know what it's ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. And then you you get the guy that like blows in the middle and then he's done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he goes into the dungeon. Yeah, man at man at arms will also trapdoor you for that. 
I, I enjoyed Man at Arms letting his hair down a little bit. I feel that we're seeing a chummier side of him, and I, I did, I did kind of like that. But he's still rude. Oh yeah, no, he's definitely rude. But this is like rude dad at the restaurant. This isn't like you know, rude gonna kill you. I know we're spending a lot of time at the. It, that's the dog shaking his head. <laughs> um, I know we're uh, spending a lot of time talking about this dinner, but there's some stuff that I really, really need explained to me. So when Adam runs in. How old do they think Adam is, and what did they think he's out doing? Like, is he like a teen or should be in college, and he's out rowing around with his friends? And King Ragnar's like, I don't like you hanging out with that Steven. And he's out there with Steven mudbogging around Eternia. What What is he doing? I think mudbogging is about the only thing you can do around you know, the mud pit. Like, what else can you do? See, I was thinking more like he was like a kid who's just been in college a little too long and it's like still kind of okay because he's making progress toward his degree very slowly, but they're like, okay, Adam, <laughs> been at the school a while. Well, it, you're 31 years old now. <laughs> been in college for over 10 years. I think it's time you graduate. And he's like, I don't have enough credits, father. <laughs> um... Do you do, do you think that uh, the king is trying to... I didn't to... go to class today, Father. I missed my lecture. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had to borrow notes from somebody with a good handwriting. <laughs> do you think that uh, the king is trying the teacher to... teacher didn't put the PowerPoint online for me, Father. <laughs> is he trying to be groomed to be the king, or do they have another job that's a little more attainable for him? I assume the line of succession passes to him. Maybe it just passes to Marlena... And then so they're just not worried at all about well, Adam. Well, can it pass him because he's not like he's half earthling? <laughs> right. Oh, I don't know. That's a good <laughs> yeah. question. I mean, I don't. In, in this canon that we have made up and are now. Oh well, accepting. they did say they 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 did say something about the line of succession for him, and he's like, I hope that's not going to be for a long time, Father. Oh right, so, yeah, they did mention that. I love yeah. where they're already answering our questions. And also, man, I just want to say, I I. I Still understand why Man at Arms is in full armor gear, <laughs> eating dinner. Like, just take it off, man. You can relax. It's it's dinner. Like, you don't. You, I guess he's ready, though. You know, he can be called out at any time. Skeletor's here. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> he doesn't. It's not like He Man. Like, you know, like He Man. He doesn't have to actually change clothes. It's just a magical transformation. Man at Arms is like, dude. I've got like the vest and all the buckles and all the snaps and like I'm not getting in and out of that. I hadn't oh. seen my knees in seven years. <laughs> That's probably right. Yeah, it's just the, it's the the agony of changing, but just changing clothes. So he probably doesn't smell great. Yes, yeah, so it was probably welded on him like a decade ago, and he just has like a <laughs> like a stick with a sponge that he just crams in there every now and then. Oh, right, so you th- oh, so you don't think he's a robot? But he's he he's actually it's just just on him. Uh huh. All right. Yeah. He makes Tila like get after him with WD forty every once in a while. I mean, maybe he just goes in the bog water and cleans off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, as part of Orko's magic show, he wants to uh, use demon dust to conjure up a demon in a circle, and um, apparently, you don't know who you're going to get when it happens. And he was surprised and delighted when he conjured up. Majestra, the magician, Auga. Yeah, she's showing she's showing a lot of leg for dinner. I think. 
King, 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 King Rando's into it. I think Queen Marlena's not so into it. I think Prince Adam was into it as well. Yeah, yeah, he made some eyebrows. Like, or she something. doesn't look like a demon. He's like, I'll say, like it, it was something like that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then, of course, Orko. I, I do really enjoy how petulant Orko becomes in this episode. Um, because, first of all, he's embarrassed because he doesn't like being made fun of. And then also, his show's not going well. And like a kid who's like, no, mom, you gotta watch me sing. Like, he gets <laughs> upset when it's not going the way he wants it to go. And so Orca wasn't having it with uh, Majestra appearing. Well, did you used to have, did you guys used to be big into like magic tricks when you were a kid too? Oh yeah, I had, I bought, I bought the kit and everything. I had the book and like, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, we, yeah, I did, I did too. And I, I insisted on some magic shows and I remember they had some really crummy tricks where they'd have like a, like a little rainbow and you stretch it out by just having a bigger uh, rainbow behind it. And I feel that's kind of like, like Orca's got like a little crappy magic kit. Yeah. I, <laughs> and he just doesn't quite know all the tricks yet yeah I, I always like the handkerchief and you you hit the nickel inside of it and then you like pulled it off and you're like hey it's gone i think you've got an old man magician kid. Oh, that's yeah. like oh, an old man magician it was definitely kid. like he was a vegas star yeah. and like he was after his vegas shows he made this book for little kids to be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> That's no demon. You can say that again. All right, so now, having been conjured, Majestra takes this opportunity to entertain the crowd because King Rando is into it. I, That's his new name. And uh, the first thing she does is summon some magical instruments to play, quote, harmonies pleasing to kingly ears, which I thought was a wonderful phrase, and I, and I made a note of it. Um, and so I, I do think that when she conjured up the instruments, there was a lute in the air and then some of the horns that only make one sound. Um, then she, uh, uh, attempts a trick that is a disappearing box trick as you know, we think a standard one. And she encourages King Randor to get into the box so that she can make him disappear. magic from far and near. Make his majesty disappear! What evil wizardry is this? The trick, though, while, you know, seemingly terrifying, is successful. And out comes King Randor, and they are so impressed by her trick that they then invite her to stay in the castle for several days so they can, wink, get to know each other. But then we soon find out, dun-dun-dun, that Randor has been swapped with a clone. And really, Majestra is dun-dun-dun, evil in, and... The fake King Randor is Beastman in disguise. Now, I feel like there was probably an easier plan than having Beastman be Skeletor's proxy to rule Eternia. I kind of feel like, I don't know, like the clone could have been Skeletor. Uh, <laughs> well, well she, she, she wanted to test it out. And I don't, I don't know if she says that. Like, she, she, she's, well, she does say that, and that when she's talking to uh, Randor in the prison that she's saying like i'm just testing this out to make sure it works but you would think maybe you might test it out some a little little or i don't know this seems, this seems pretty pretty involved yeah she made like, sure the stakes were very high and and, and, and you pick beast man <laughs> to be, i mean he's not not the brightest but i'm sure he could pull it off but you know like he's he already you know messed it up by like 
chewing on a, a chicken leg like <laughs> it was like, me me good king me think me look at tax reform and resupplying garrison beside the river me be good king for eternia me believe <laughs> he probably would be all right so uh um Evelyn has turned Randor into a goat, and he is imprisoned in the dungeon because, you know, you have to have two things to ensure that it's going to be an airtight plan. He's in the dungeon as a goat. Now you shall be the king of goats. <laughs> right. I, I feel like like that that line is good enough to build a whole plan around. So he's like, Skeletor, I want you to listen to me. I want to tell him, now you shall be the king of goats, and we got to find some stuff to make this happen. I suggest you look by the crystal lake, uh, by, by the sea of crystals, and find a shaping staff. Right. This was the, it was like the, the genesis of the entire plan. Um, well, I mean, and what, do, do they have to keep him in the jail after they make him into a goat? Can he talk still? Like, I'm assuming... He didn't. Did he talk as a goat? I don't think so. I mean, oh, well, we'll get to it, but Orko changes and mm-hmm. he, you know, can he, can still, he can still talk. Right. Yeah, I think she would have been, if she really wanted her plan to go flawlessly, she would have put him in the goat yard. Well, I mean, if, you, <laughs> if you're a guard and you walk by there and you're like, what the heck's a goat <laughs> doing in there? Like, <laughs> it's, like, it's like it's Prince Adam's senior fifth year senior prank. Like, seventh year senior prank. It's like, Adam, did you do that? Is this like the other school mascot that, you know, got thrown in here? Prince Adam, you idiot. It's good for morale, father. (laughs) Stop putting goats in there. (laughs) The older boys told me to do it. And they're like, Adam, there is no older boy. Only the professor is older than you. And it's only like four years older. Um, I clean the uniforms, father. Let you, who were once king of Eternia, now be king of goats! Skeletor is incredibly pleased, and he is going to use this as a reason to march on Castle Grayskull and take it over? But apparently Castle Grayskull is part of Eternia, but it's like unused. It's like... It's like Puerto Rico to the U.S. <laughs> Maybe so. Like, it, like it's, it's like, part of them, but not really. Yeah, it was like an annexed land. I don't understand how land is deeded in Eternia. Maybe that's not for me to know. Yeah, they probably they probably just sort of grandfathered in. Anybody that already owns a creepy-looking castle, we assume you have some sort of fell powers, and we're going to leave you alone. Just stay in your chicken leg huts or whatever you're in, and, and don't mess with us. They probably pay taxes. I mean, I don't know. Maybe Sor- it's just Sorceress not, does not pay taxes. Maybe it's just like zoned different, you know? <laughs> like, it's not residential. I don't know. Or it is residential and it's not commercial, so it can't be used for active magic. Or there's like a karate class that they hold there. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think 79% of Eternia is zoned for bog. It's all <laughs> bog land. We cut to Prince Adam in bed, in his sumptuous bedding, with his lovely carved um, oaken bed. I miss that. Oh, the, the oaken bed was beautiful. <laughs> it was. Ashley Furniture ain't got nothing on whoever did that. <laughs> yes, and of course, of course, Cringer comes in and says, you know, like, I'm afraid I need to come in and sleep next to you. 
You know, because that, that's what, you know, as as a as cringer, I mean, I, I would expect that every night. Right. And then, so why did they even go through the charade of making him sleep outside? First of all, like, I know he's like a battle cat or grows into one, but like, can he seriously not just sleep in the castle? The castle is huge. Isn't it like a corridor that he can like have a straw tick bed on and poor <laughs> cringers like sleeping outside with like the rats? <laughs> What's that all about? <laughs> that's neglect. I would say it should generally be a rule that if you are a creature who can talk, <laughs> you should be afforded all the privileges of any of the other castle folk. It's pretty cruel to make talking creatures live outside in the straw, which I assume Cringer has to do. So, I was going to say maybe he enjoys hunting, but we know he wouldn't. He's scared of everything. Yeah, I picture Cringer just harassing the castle cook nonstop. I would guess that he's just always in the kitchen. I'd like some fish all the time. That's probably true. And he gets like hit with a broom to get out. Get out, Cringer, get out. <laughs> and it's like it's like an 800 pound cat. Like you're just trying to like poke it out of the room. I would thought he'd have a little bed in Prince Adam's room or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of would assume that. I don't know. It seems kind of weird that he wouldn't. What's your relationship with a talking sentient animal? He seems as smart as an elderly man. It's, it's, I mean, I, as as Prince Adam, I think he would try to um, kind of keep that relationship apart. But like, you you would also you you'd also assume like I mean they have they haven't, they haven't really addressed it too much. But um, Prince Adam and Cringer are gone. When He-Man and Battle Cat come around, I mean, like, (laughs) I mean, like, you know, like, hey, where's Cringer? No one asks, where's Cringer? (laughs) Well, that's the other thing. Like, can you? It just also it doesn't help them any because it just begs a comparison all the time. Like, you know, who also has a cat and looks a lot like you, but has has his life together is He-Man and Battle Cat. (laughs) They're so much like you, but just doing everything better i don't i just don't I, I don't see why that's not possible for you do you think that's an argument like after he comes back and says i failed another class it's <laughs> <laughs> like why don't you get together like he-man he's you're almost exactly like him i don't get it i hear he-man does tutoring <laughs> adam he, he-man has to work in like the english lab for his work <laughs> study it's like he'll help you write that essay son State state your aims in the first paragraph, <laughs> Prince Adam. <laughs> you need a thesis statement, don't you know? When you're when you're when you're doing these, you need to do the foil method in this equation. <laughs> he man knows it all. Yeah, exactly. He can throw boulders and teach you long algebra. Who's there? <laughs> Adam, are you, are you asleep yet? Cringer, what do you want at this time of night? So now that uh, Prince Adam has allowed Cringer to uh, t- to come into the to the bedroom because he's scared and cold, um, then Orko, as the cricket, immediately comes in and finds them and has no problem communicating with Prince Adam. See, because I thought they were going to really like um, play wacky with the transformations for a while. Because that's how I would have written it. But you know, I guess I have wacky sensibilities. You know me. And you only got twenty minutes. Right. So just very quickly, Orko's like, hey, I'm a cricket. Your dad is a fake. It's evil and a beast man. Like, he catches him up super fast. And uh, then super fast, he's like, okay, I'll be He-Man. I I just want to say, did you guys catch his his nightwear? Yes! It was like like a long shirt with a belt. And it's like, like he he just, like, took off his underwear, and that's what he was wearing on top. (laughs) Right! 
And then he just went to bed like that. Just, it was just almost the tunic. Like, he, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, he, so he left the belt on with the long shirt, but then took off his bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to sleep comfortably. No, it was almost like a little nightgown. Yeah, it really was. And it and it had like um like tank top straps. And I was like, this is... Oh, that's his bro stuff. He, his workout, you know when he goes to the gym, he's one of those guys who has no sleeves on his outfit and, and they're doing their bench press. And you're like, come on, wear some sleeves at the gym. I just know he's one of those guys. If he even goes to the gym, because it seems like Man at Arms probably has like a training simulator that's all boulders, you know, where he, <laughs> he's like, this is really going to get my lats. And then also, you know, last time we speculated that we felt that Cringer really hated the transformation and it made him uncomfortable. That's and right. we have confirmation when the, the transformation from, you know, into He-Man and Battle Cat happens, Cringer goes, oh, I hate this part. Uh-huh. He said that. So, like, this is just straight up, like, cruelty to animals. Like, not only does he not get a bed in the house. All right, so now, immediately buoyed by his magical powers, He-Man instantly confronts Evil End Beastman. And uh, there is confrontation. And in the confrontation, he gets blinded. And um, while that's happening, Tila and Man-at-Arms come running because they hear a ruckus. And they have, like, a ruckus alarm. And, of course, Men-at-Arms, as we've discussed earlier, did not have to change out of his night clothes because he doesn't have any. And then there's some fighting. And uh, Evil Inn turns Tila into a frog. And then she manages to turn He-Man into a golden statue of himself. I just, I just want to say before this, when, when he deflects the magic bolts with his sword, <laughs> right? Um, he just says... I'm I'm I can deflect magic bolts with my sword. And you're like, I think you just made that up. Like 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 it's like a 5-year-old and he's like he's like I I send my invisibility cloak towards you and you're like I have a invisibility eating cloak monster. Right. He just kind of wanted it to be true. There. A handsome golden present for Skeletor. All right, so having uh, been successful, you know, in, in, in thwarting this, this plan, uh, Evil Lynn is free to flee with a golden statue, He-Man. And um, she just straight up just pieces out and leaves Man-at-Arms and Cringer behind saying that they're not important enough to deal with. Uh, way to wrap up those loose ends there, Evil Lynn. <laughs> Evil Lynn has turned the real He-Man into a gold statue at the same time Skeletor has created an evil He-Man that he has named Faker. Yes. And the purpose of Faker will be to trick the sorceress into leaving the castle so that he can get her. <laughs> yeah, and they have they have him call for her outside and he calls her in this sort of like hollow, halting voice like, Sorceress, I'm outside. Come see me. And then she just lights up like the Schwann's ice cream man just showed up at the drawbridge or something. She really does, and it kind of makes me wonder if there's some tragic little, like, background here. Like, is she used to getting like 3 a.m., like, late night texts from He-Man being like, what's up? You up? Hey, girl. (laughs) And she's like, oh. Uh-huh. Does Steven have to come too? <laughs> and, you know, she's just, and of course, like a dope, she falls for it, you know, like, 
He's like, my voice is different because I'm injured. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of messed up. He said, I, my voice is funny because I got a head injury, pretty much, is what he was saying. He got hurt in combat, and we assume it's a head injury because that's the only thing that can make him sound weird. Yeah, yeah, so he has speech impediment now. Yeah. So. She's like, okay. Um, and, of course, falls for it like a dope, and then she gets turned into a tree by Evil Lynn because she left the castle like a dope. Way to I, go, sorcerer. I just, I, what, why doesn't she always, the, her whole body turn into a tree? It just, her head's not a tree anymore. It, or, you know, she's just, like, arms and legs are a tree, and then her head's there. Is it just so that she could, she has to live like that eternally? Like, she can't, but, like, <laughs> right. when, it, when it, like, her face will, like, rot, or, like, I don't know, it just seems weird. Like, this. Oh, you want, like, a, you want an all tree? Yeah, yeah, it? I mean, it's all tree, and maybe, like, her face on it or something. Not, like, not, like, her head on a tree. I don't know. I I I I guess it's more horrible to to like be almost there. Yeah, that's true. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be. It. I mean, I, yeah, I, I obviously it'd be a lot. Yeah. Maybe Evil End's just already like we've seen her getting pretty half-assed with the magic here with the shaping staff. She's just <laughs> she's just like ah, oh, close enough. Body of a tree, fine. Shaping staff does what it will. She's very focused when she needs to be, but then I feel that maybe she doesn't always dot her I's and cross her T's. Uh, yeah, she got real worked up about that staff. She was <laughs> yeah. she was really pleased with herself and everything the staff was doing, and she was like, I'm just going to leave uh, two of you guys alone. I'm not going to zap you or anything, and then I'm going to go here and I'm going to zap her, and we're not going to worry about her head. She's just real worked up, and she needs to focus. Yeah, she needs to focus. She was just really excited about all the shaping she was going to do. <laughs> I... I can't think clearly. Stay there. I'll come to you. But miraculously, He-Man, in his golden statue form, is able to telepathically talk to Sorceress as a tree and, you know, say, Hey, Sorceress, I don't know if you were thinking about this. You could use your power to break the spell of being a tree. And she's like, I can't. And he's like, no, but just use it, like, a little bit more. Like, essentially, that's what he does. He's just like... Why didn't I think of that? Isn't that pretty much the same thing he did in the first episode with Zagraz? Wasn't he just like, try harder. <laughs> just try more. Do try. better. Yeah, exactly. And and she did. She did it. <laughs> she did. That's how she his powers work. He's yeah. like, just block the lightning bolts with your sword. Want it more. Yeah. Be better I wanted than it you more. Are. Yeah. He wanted it more than Evil Lynn. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And then she just was like, okay. And then that happened. And then so uh, He-Man is now free to fight Faker. In a really awesome match there. I, I just want to say, during their match, um, uh, you can tell how poorly they're drawn because uh, <laughs> Faker's disproportionate hand comes out and it's like half of the screen. And you're like, what is happening with his hand? It's grossly unproportionate to his body. I think, yeah, I, they told me I was drawing one He-Man, not two He-Mans. <laughs> yeah. I'm very I confused. I want to make his hand look really close to the screen. <laughs> Good enough. Well, it feels like I in the in the eighties, like the evil twin thing was was pretty big. I, I still remember being traumatized by which Superman movie was it, where Superman had to fight the mean Superman. Kids don't like it when there's a bad version of the of the good person. It's very upsetting. Was it Superman four when they fought each other in the junkyard? I don't remember. I don't. Okay. Well, obviously, you guys weren't traumatized by it. It was great. <laughs> Well, I guess I feel like I've seen the other ones recently, but I don't remember that, so it must have been Superman. No, okay. no one, no one saw Superman four. Okay, it's right because right, everybody stopped right. after Superman three because that was the one with the the money. robot at the end, right? 
Where the, where the, the lady gets enveloped by the computer? No, that's four. That's four? <laughs> yeah. That's not four. Three, With Richard Pryor? Three is the Richard Pryor one where they have the video game and trying to shoot with the missiles. I think four is the one with Nuclear Man. And... No, that's two and three, I thought. No, you're probably right because three was supposed to be the one. Four with... is like when... Four is Nuclear Man. Yeah. Three, I think you're right because that was supposed to be a one about Brainiac, but they got their budget cut and they just made it a, a goofy thing. So that would make sense it was the machine one. Yeah. Okay. That, that, was, that, that, was that, that one scared the crap out of me. <laughs> yes. I will make another He-Man, an evil one called Faker. Um, so uh, in the fight with Faker, uh, He-Man manages to fake him out, ironically, and um, Faker plunges into a craggy ravine. That's what I had written down. But then uh, Skeletor ref- refers to it as a bottomless gorge. So, you know, like, oh, what? I thought it was a craggy ravine. It's actually a bottomless gorge. Well, he says something pretty much like, like, good thing it's a bottomless gorge. I'll pick him up later or something. Like, we right. can retrieve him. And somebody... he's, he's just still flying. He'll be flying there forever. He'll just keep right. falling and falling. Well, it was pretty funny during these fights. One thing I've noticed that the animators love doing is there's lots of tumbling. Everybody's always log rolling sideways. They got real good at drawing that or maybe they don't even have to draw it and they just sort of like rotate the animation cell or something that's probably how it works everybody is always doing like little kid gymnastics when they're fighting lots of log rolls and and forward rolls (laughs) where did he-man get the balance beam don't worry about it yeah nobody got to uh flip-flop uh levels yet uh or anything like that We're, we're doing like little kid stuff you have to you have to pretend they're doing something so at this point um now man at arms shows up with the cavalry um, on flying jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're sea dudes. <laughs> they're riding them ridiculously. He Let's won a that. lot of radio contests. A lot of free sea dudes. <laughs> and he, he showed up with those raid bands with the with the tacky uh, <laughs> lanyard thing behind his head. Okay. The cavalry. What was what, what was that popular windbreaker? I mean, I'm surprised they don't wear oh, yeah, those. Oh yeah, wave runner, wave runner. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're all like the 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 colored like changing color ones or something like that. <laughs> so Man Arms is like a boat dad. Like he is a boat dad. He's oh, got yeah. tan lines we don't know about, but he does. He's got pictures all over the refrigerator of fish that of him with fish that he should have thrown back but didn't. I'll see you there. <laughs> the staff winds up on the ground somehow and so he-man breaks it and then um evelyn thinks she can still use the broken half of the staff and she tries to use it and she manages to transform herself into a horrifying little monster beast and she slithers away and the thing she turned into was just great it was like this writhing eel with bat wings or something if i were king randor uh, I would think that would make a great trophy. I would really want that thing, and I would have put it in an aquarium, and you feed it worms or something, I guess. I'm not sure. Spiders? I bet it eats spiders. Mm, it had little bat wings or something like that. Yeah, so whatever bats eat, probably. Insects. Yeah. Insects. Yeah, insects, yeah. Yeah. Give it some fruit, maybe, or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was pretty gross. Poor evil man. Um, so that, that was the end of that. So Skeletor was like, all right, well, you know, you next pack time. it in, pack it in. It did not go well. <laughs> We're going to regroup. We're going to talk about what we did. Lessons learned. And maybe we'll just make Faker again. I'm not sure yet. We need to, we need to think about what we well, He's got to go retrieve him from the bottomless pit. <laughs> right. Right, right first. That'll take a while. He'll, he'll use a ski dude to fly down there. Yeah, there'll, there'll, be a, there'll be a lot of, uh, 
A lot of fun. We gotta ask ourselves some hard questions. That'll teach you to fool around with magic. <laughs> so now it's time for the moral. And we have Orko here to deliver it for us. Yeah, this moral, you could tell that the they knew it was a good lesson for kids, but it seemed like they, they really struggled with the appropriate uh, tone to take with it. I felt that as well, yeah. Well, um, yeah. also they, they were talking about evil and stuff like that and it's like they they weren't really strangers when they changed <laughs> right. right so yeah so so to be clear the moral was uh you know the stranger thing like don't talk to strangers don't take things from strangers but the funny well, funny but the weird part was at one point orca was like some kids have walked away with strangers and terrible things happen to them yeah <laughs> and then he's like when and if it happens to you do what i do and just float away i'm like wait a minute orco your tone is all over the place yeah. here <laughs> yeah i think he didn't want to want to leave on such a such a harsh note but it kind of <laughs> kind of under undercut the uh severity of what he was saying well it's a, yeah he's lighthearted, so he didn't he didn't want to leave it at Terrible things will happen, and then just cut out. <laughs> but he was the one who was like bringing Majestra in there to do stuff. That's true. This is true. He did. He did take demon, whatever powder was that. Maybe a better person could have delivered that lesson. <laughs> Therefore, I I think I must rate that moral two demon dust out of five. Well, it's not two very... demon dusts out of five. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't very good. I would say it's a good moral, but he did a bad job of telling us about it. <laughs> well, so that's why I docked some points. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's it's not just the substance of the moral. It's whether he communicated it well. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, a lesson won't take unless it's well communicated. No, nah, I'm going three because I like Orko. Okay. So I, it, really, it really stuck with me because I, I like him. I, I trust him. He's got a good look. Yeah, I I think I'm gonna go with four because oh. because he's 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 gonna scare he's gonna scare some kids. That's true. <laughs> he's gonna be like terrible things are gonna happen to you, you know. And it's like, whoa, what? So like, you're rating effectiveness. Yeah, like, yeah, straight aff- aff- yeah, straight up effectiveness. And yeah. they, that's that's all they heard. They didn't hear anything after that. It's like terrible things are gonna happen to me. <laughs> no. And then they have to ex- the parents have to explain so, it. So so then what do we think about the episode overall? I feel like we spent too much time in. Etern- Eternia Palace, uh, but Orko got a lot of attention, got a lot of play. I still, I still feel like I want to see, I want to see the full range of how how these episodes go. But I'm gonna go three point nine. Can we do points? Oh, are we doing? Are we doing? Yeah, no? we're allowed to do three point nine. I just thought this was gonna be like a you know half stars, like Star Search. Okay. I'm, no, it doesn't have to be. I'm just saying everything should right. be like Star Search. Well, if we did, I'd round up to four. But we're gonna, I'm gonna do three point nine. Not quite a four. Not quite yeah. a four. Is that, is that out of five? Yeah. 3.9 out of five. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to go with three and a half again. Okay. That's why I rated the last one. I, You know, I, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm confused. <laughs> I'd like to see some more things happen. I'd like so. to see some more toys. I want to see some more characters. I want to see some more bad guys. I'm backing too. up. I wanna, I'm going to give it a three. I want more toys. Well, it's only the second episode. I mean, get it together. I mean, geez, they just they can't pump them out that quick. <laughs> they need to push them toys. Three. I I I I'll go with what Rebecca said. Three and a half. Right. I may maybe a four, but I be, just just because there was there was a lot of there was a lot of elements going on in that episode. I think like a lot of different things going on, interesting things at least with the with the shaping staff and just. 
Yeah, I, yeah. He gave us a lot to work with. There was a lot going on. Yeah, so I was three and a half. Yeah, okay. that's good. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for something better, but. And now a few production notes. You can connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or on our website at www.thewizardsnightshirt.com. And of course, you can download us on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review. Reviews help people find the podcast so it can grow. Please sign up for the newsletter through our Facebook page or website, and we can let you know when new episodes are out. Finally, if you have a question or comment for the show, please email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. Thanks. We appreciate your support. Will, do you have a listener mail today? Uh, We do, from Mike from Rhode Island. He says, He-Man is the John Cena of Eternia, all-around good guy who almost never loses. What is the scenario in which He-Man turns heel? I believe he's speaking in wrestling terms, meaning what's the scenario in which He-Man would... uh, would, would go bad. Do we agree with his premise that uh, He-Man's sort of like the John Cena? Absolutely. I think that is a very apt description. Yeah. He's just reliable, a good guy, and if He-Man had access to jean shorts, he would wear them. <laughs> and if He-Man could like do rapping as a career, like a side path or acting, he would do that too because he's bored being the most you know, powerful man in the universe. So I completely and fully support that. Would make what would make He Man turn heel? Yeah, we think. What, like, are we, are we talking more like a scenario where, like Star Wars, where uh, you know, um, Anakin's, you know, yeah. His, yeah, his mom gets killed. Sure, yeah, that's yeah. totally. And then, and then, you know, like just, just, just a terrible life. You know, and he he has so much going on in his life. Like Skeletor kills his mom and dad, and then he like is, you know, uh, his his love whoever it might be uh-huh. you know and then, dark. Uh-huh. and then and then he like turns over and then ends up turning to the i don't know what the the snake side yeah, yeah. Snake snake side. Side. yeah. yeah. he goes to the snake side my like i i have one scenario where i could see him turning heel via hypnosis just as a, like a, yeah uh, he's very susceptible to hypnosis because he's not that smart Sorry, He-Man. And that makes you very susceptible to mind control. It just does. Well, he's always getting blinded or getting uh, right. pe- pepper in his face. Sure. Probably would be hard to get in front of him. So um, I, I think in one scenario, uh, it, it would just be as simple as Mr. Fuji blowing some magic dust on him. <laughs> and then he turns heel. That's that's one option. So I sort of have like an idea, too, where he might have to question everything about himself. And I think like maybe, here we go. Here's another He-Man plot that never happened. Okay. So He-Man is going to be in a show where he's going to prove that he's the strongest man in the universe and everyone in eternity is going to watch, right? And so he thinks he's going to be like going through these like man-at-arms simulations of hurling octopi and (laughs) robots around. But then what happens is the attorney version of the Montreal Screwjob and (laughs) He-Man is forced to lose and wasn't expecting it. And then that just makes him confront all these feelings and he's just like, oh my God, I'm turning evil i think that would work oh i'm a, okay i'm gonna try one more i'm gonna try one more i feel like we could do with him what some people have tried to do with superman type characters that they're just a, a bastion of goodness but they don't do something completely to the public satisfaction like they save some people he saved some people but didn't quite save all the rest of them and they're like he man sucks he couldn't pull it off and then and then he just gets tired of all the ingrates and the people not giving him credit he deserves and not understanding that he struggled with that guilt himself and he's like fine if you don't support me then I'm going against you and he turns evil that's very that's very sophisticated for he man
he's got to get complicated at some point. He's got to. <laughs> he's, right. been, he's been living the simple life for a long time. I mean, he he's, he might be simple, but his emotions are complicated. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be. He's a fragile person, I think, because for right now, he believes if you try hard enough or want something bad enough, it's gonna happen for you. So he is. He needs <gasps> to be disappointed. That's, that's, that's a very dangerous territory. Yeah. Right yeah. He's setting himself up for failure. That's yeah. right. Because I mean, he, he can keep trying over and over again and never never get out of that gold statue state. And he'll just he'll be he'll be pleading with whatever uh, Eternia gods there are, and he'll be like, "But I wanted it so badly. Why didn't it happen?" And then he will just turn on everything. What would he do when he was bad? What do you think he would do? <laughs> just the same thing he already does, except kind of a little more like like obnoxiously. Like he'll just <laughs> hurl boulders a little bit harder. I don't know. Yeah, I think he just like coming. Well, like, I mean, it said boulders would be people, like just start <laughs> tossing people. Well, we know he's flinging octopi into your city every now and then. Like, oh great, he's yeah. it's eleven a.m. He's up now. He's probably throwing stuff, and then, or he'll just go by like oh, your castle, it. and he's just like picking out like one brick every day. He's just like just slowly. No, he, he would be taking castle. boulders like the, in the in the village, and then it would be like a bowling alley to him, and like three, he'd, like, <laughs> throw it and see how many houses he could destroy with that. Oh, maybe he's, yeah. Maybe I he's, see his destructiveness is aimless because he doesn't know what he's oh, doing yeah. anymore. That makes total sense. Maybe he goes on just like a bull charge, and he just sees a town. He just uh, he's going to start running, and he's just <laughs> running through walls and buildings and over people. It's like, see, oh. what, what would make that better if he got like a big log and he was holding a log <laughs> and then running through the house? It would just it would take out like a lot more. Maybe he would run in a pattern to spell his name in the middle of the town, <laughs> like giving go. somebody a haircut in the back of their head or something. Yeah, and then and then uh, man at arms would be flying over and be like, "Damn it, He Man's already got here. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna need a lot more wave runners to clean up this mess." I think that I think that answers the question. <laughs> well, thanks for the question, Mike. That's a good question and one that I feel like I want to return to a lot more because that's a funny thing to think about. Uh, if uh, anybody else listening has a comment or question for the show, uh, please email us at rumors at thewizardsnightshirt.com. And that's our show for today. We want to thank you for listening, and please remember, never talk to strangers. Sometimes my power even amazes me.